do love it. We act like we don't. And then everybody's like, well, I don't even care about the Kardashians. And then somebody pipes in, well, what about that Chloe? And then every has, everybody has an opinion on Chloe. Like, but that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where they went so blood, <laughs> Scott wasn't there. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but I would say when I saw that news that they had broken up, because there were rumors out there a couple weeks before that it was over and then it finally comes out, I, I could hear the collective groan and, oh, from Denver, Colorado, because the yeah. word on the street was that he was really looking at the Denver Broncos potentially this coming season because Shailene lived somewhere in the Denver metro area and that it made a lot of sense for him. I, I, I know Rogers is a big part of this, but, and, and you're, you're right there. You're in Boston. You know, this as well as anybody. Can you please explain this Brady stuff? Because I felt like two weeks ago, Lucy, we were talking about Tom Brady and was that the last we were going to see him. And here we are. He does like a semi vague retirement ish type statement and yet Vegas and a lot of the odds makers are kind of indicating it's maybe not completely over now. Where would you lean right now about Tom Brady? And I can't believe we're still talking about a 44-year-old quarterback. This is what he wants. He wants in the back. And you know, Tom Brady is a very humble guy. He wants you to think he's a family guy, nice guy. He wants to be the topic of conversation. So he is letting this kind of play out and letting the conversation continue, I think. I'm more convinced than I was even a week ago that he will be back. And he is looking straight ahead at the 49ers. He wants to take Jimmy Garoppolo with his job right now, take his job and play again for the 49ers. I think he wants to come back. I think it is helping him to think in the back of his mind, I will come back. And it's helping with this retirement. Keep in mind, he has not said the word retirement yet. In his goodbye post, which I, they call it retirement post, but he didn't use the word did not say anything about the Patriots or retirement. Two things he did not mention by name in his goodbye statement. But I was just waiting for this conversation to start. As soon as he said goodbye, will Tom Brady be back? Because the same thing happened with Gronk. When Gronk retired, people were like, he's not really retired. I know Brady's different because he's much older than Gronk when he said goodbye. I'm not going to say retired. But I think I think Brady will be back. And I think it, I know Gronk and, and Edelman have said he will come back, but they could just be saying that because they're his friends and they want, they don't want it to seem like they're doubting him and doubting the fact that he could still play. So they're like his Bobo. So of course they're going to say like, oh yeah, he can come back. Tom can play till he's 80, of course. But people, the conversation is starting to turn to be like, well, yeah, he's looking at the 49ers and, and maybe this could possibly, he's coming back and the, the issue is Giselle. And her finally getting her way and, and not wanting him to play anymore, which is understandable because he's he gets beaten up basically when he's playing and she wants him at home and wants him with the family. And and that's that's understandable. And that's mm -hmm. been a battle he has fought for a long time. But could in the back of his mind, he's thinking I can still play when it comes time for next season to start and I'm not on the field. Am I going to wish I was there? And I think he's not going to miss the I don't know if he's going to miss play. I mean, he's going to miss the competition. That's what he's going to miss about all of this. And that fierce pre preparing for the games and like the, the competition of it all. And that's what he's going to miss. And he's going to realize that in September. And I think he's going to make his way back to the NFL. There was a report. I, uh, there was a report this weekend from multiple outlets that um, it may not have been a retirement thing that he sent out if you go back and read that somebody i think there was a Ian, Ian rapaport or another individual uh basically said that that more reads like a goodbye to tampa like thank yeah. you tampa for housing me for two years this was great this was fun a lot of memories there was a report that him and arians kind of grew 
to not like each other as much. The relationship had soured a little bit that Arians wasn't quite putting in the work that Brady and Leftwich were. And then he just come in and red line right through some of the game plan. And that may have led Brady to ultimately do what he do. He, uh, we know that he tried to go to San Francisco two years ago when he left yes. New England. That's a childhood dream of his is to don, I think, the the red and the gold. We don't know if the Niners want to dive into that for a year because what does that do for Trey Lance and the development? Does it help? Does it hurt? We don't really know that. But I think that's a it's an important part of this because the Niners and any other team in their position, the Niners, I believe, have the fifth best Vegas odds going into next season, just slightly behind the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that'd be a huge part of this. Uh, if they could convince Tom Brady to come and play one more year, we don't know how effective he'd be, but we do know that that roster is talented enough to go win a Super Bowl. So in terms of the dominoes falling, you might be right. It might be Brady. That might be the biggest one because we also mentioned Aaron Rodgers, who guesses where from California. He lived exactly. here in Oregon for a while, but he moved to California around the middle school time. And he's kind of a Bay area dude. So Maybe the Niners, Brady, Rogers stuff, even if one of them's not leaving and the other one is not coming out of retirement, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the biggest domino thus far. It could be. And the Arians thing is an interesting part of this because I believe where there's smoke, there's fire. So these reports came out on Twitter and Arians first said like Arians, yeah, would come in to get his Achilles treated in the morning and Brady and Leftwich would be preparing on their own intensely without Arians. So Arians comes out and directly refutes these reports. He definitely saw this. And he said, first of all, I don't treat my Achilles in the morning. Second of all, the red pen thing is so made up. I don't know where that came from. So the not treating your Achilles in the morning, there's a good alibi right there. Thank you, yeah. Arians, for that. But I think that's a big part of this is that you could tell that Brady was not having fun with the Buccaneers. He, he thought with Ari, like Arians was a coach that let him do what he wants, gives him veteran days, give him weeks off. But, and, and Belichick never did that. So I think the first year Brady thought, this is great. I feel like a kid in a candy store because I can do what I want, control this team, basically be the coach. Then the next year, it just wasn't as fun. And maybe Arians was like, wait a minute, maybe now I'm, I should have more control. I am the coach after all. And Brady may, I don't know, Brady probably soured on that and realized maybe it's not as fun. We won a yeah. Super Bowl. I've done what I wanted to do. So maybe mm -hmm. it's, it's just not as much fun anymore. And I think Arians was part of that. I don't know what the Antonio Brown stuff had to do with any. I, I In my mind, I thought, did Brady blame Arians for the Antonio Brown stuff in some way? I don't know because I'm not on Antonio Brown's side of any of this. But Brady did really fight to bring AB to the Buccaneers. And Arians did not want him there. But Brady said, we have to bring him here and look what happened. So I don't know if that had anything to do with this split, but I think there's definitely tension between the two. And I think that's a big reason why Brady is stepping away from the game. And I think that's a great point about it not being a retirement statement. Well, and I think something to just keep in mind here, betters, is the futures bets. If you think Brady is going to come back for one more go round and San Francisco is the destination, again, the Niners have the fifth best preseason odds right now today. Um, just behind Dallas, you get that ticket now. If they get Brady, I'm sure they're going to vault into the top three because the betting market's going to go insane with them leaning. Let's go to a younger quarterback, somebody not at 44, somebody in their 20s. There's a report from Chris Mortensen uh, that Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, we know that Kyler Murray scrubbed his social media of Cardinal mentions. Um, he started we all know that. what that means. We all know what that means. We've seen people break up with each other. But he came out, basically, it, it got leaked, 
And then Mortensen's report that somebody with the organization, you'd imagine, sources were telling Mort that he was immature, that he wasn't a real leader, yada, 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 just throwing him completely under the bus. And then Kyler responds by saying, I don't play this game. It's like, bro, you started this game. What do you mean you don't exactly. play this game? Scrubbing you social media is a big sign of trouble in paradise. The Mort report said there's an odd vibe between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. That's not yeah. good. Odd vibe is, is very mm -hmm. specifically worded as if someone's saying this, he's self-centered, immature, finger pointer. And that's, uh, yeah, alarming, I think. That he, that, he, yes. He didn't want to be viewed, Lucy. As the scapegoat, which I thought yeah. was weird because after that playoff game, he was awful. He deserved the criticism. I feel like everybody was like, Kingsbury, Kingsbury, Kingsbury. And I'm like, okay, you're not the scapegoat here, man. Um, this is pivotal. He's going into year four. Josh Allen got paid at this point um, last year when he went to the AFC Championship game. Kyler's never won a playoff game. His teams have kind of faltered at the end of the year. He can't he stay healthy. He was embarrassed. Lucy, do you think this said is – is this a money thing or do you think there's legitimately like Kyler Murray could try to pull the power card here and say, get me out of here of Arizona. And if you're Arizona, let me throw on another question for you. If you're Arizona, don't you kind of examine this? Do you really want to pay Kyler Murray 45 to 50 mil a year as your franchise quarterback? I think if you're using words like this and you're seeing reports like this, I cannot imagine spending that kind of money on anything that is self-centered, immature, finger pointer, who is embarrassed and doesn't want to be a scapegoat. Like, why deal with this? Why, if he's scrubbed his social yeah. media, good, go. Like, I feel like these things are much more always about power than money. Because when you're dealing with this kind of money, it gets to a point where like, okay, I have money. So now I want respect and power and control over my life. And I'm going to show you that I'm not going to be walked over. So I think this definitely has more to do with control and power. And, and definitely uh, the reports that he's self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer say something. Because again, where there's smoke, there's fire. I talked with an Arizona uh, beat reporter last week on my radio show. And I basically was like, you know, do you think it gets to this point? They told me, one, the fans are actually split now. They're starting to become mm. split on Kyler as a franchise quarterback because we know how much they're, they're commanding of the salary cap. We know how much commitment that takes for the organization to fully dive in, right? You don't want to be the Rams and pay Jared Goff and then a year later be like, well, we got to get rid of Jared Goff and eat a bunch of dead cap money. So it's, it's a really pivotal point for both Kyler and the Arizona Cardinals here. But he told me not only are the fans split, the organization wants to keep him, that he didn't think there was a chance the Arizona Cardinals would be looking to trade him, which almost kind of contradicts the Mort stuff about frustrations on the Cardinals side of this and maybe points to just Kyler. I don't know what to make of it, but Lucy, do you really buy that we could next year be talking about, hey, Kyler, Moore, uh, Kyler Murray is the impact for blank team, and what is that impact this year? No, I don't think if he is this and he takes this immature attitude wherever he goes. No, I don't think he's going to have impact based on also the other quarterbacks that are in question in the league. I don't think Kyler yes. Murray is going to make a ton of noise. Like he's not even one of the top. I mean, I wouldn't put him in like a top three quarterback. Like he's not going to make noise. And I think this odd vibe is it's an interesting contradiction there because if the fans are turning on him, that's big. And if the Cardinals want to keep him, then what is this odd vibe that Mortensen right. is talking about? Right. Well, I, I, you know, I think this is a, it's a really tough place for organizations to be in. I've played this game a million times with guys like, you know, even a Kirk Cousins, not to say Kyler's not better than Kirkers, but I think organizations get stuck here where they say this guy's, he's good. He's really good. 
but is he elite? Is he going mm-hmm. to single-handedly lift you in a moment where your team needs to be lifted? And teams can, I think, look in the mirror and go, what else am I going to do here? Am I going to draft a player and hope that they hit? Because if you draft the wrong guy and you have a made ready to win team now, which I think we all kind of agree, Arizona when healthy is one of those. I think, I just think it's a tough place that teams kind of find themselves in between. You got to break the bank for somebody or you got to start it over and hope that you can, you can roll some sevens or something. You can, you can, you can right. hit, you know, that's Does not Kyler Murray, Does he think he has leverage? I think that's, that's a big yeah. question in his mind right now. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, we got a lot more to get to. I want to actually stick in the, I'm going to carry some NFL stuff into the second segment. We'll also dive into the NBA. It is the midway point of the season. Um, so All-Star Weekend is this weekend. We'll dive into that and give you some odds and some futures bets there. And then we'll dive into college basketball, Lucy, 16 best teams in the nation. And we'll talk with Zach Kroll about that. All of that is ahead here on Back to the Futures on the Bet QL Network. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. There's a room here that says lactation room. So I just opened up to see what the room was, and it was just a regular audio booth. So there's pictures all over the wall. One was this Michael Jordan art, which is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I wish I had that picture. Jenks, as somebody who has used a lactation room, because I am a mm-hmm. mom, I've never been in one that had Michael Jordan posters. And honestly, I am very disappointed because that would have been very motivating. Yeah, think about it. You're feeding your child, completely normal thing to do, and you're looking at the greatest basketball player of all time. Over and over, I've missed the game-winning shot. But you know what? You can't win the game if you don't shoot the shot. And right then, you start lactating. You're like, wow, I did it. You're getting some of that winner's milk, baby. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Uh, Listen, somebody just mentioned air fryer. Quick air fryer hack. Discovered this last night. So, uh... (laughs) What the... (laughs) Discovered this last night in case... In case you guys are wondering what we're doing when we're not on the air, we're discovering air fryer hacks for you guys. This this is married life. Just a peek. This is how exciting it gets. This is like big, big stuff here. So uh, once in a while with dinner, my wife makes roasted potatoes, and they take forever in the oven. They take like 45 minutes. Air fryer, 12 minutes last night. Almost as good. Use it for burgers? No, don't use it for burgers. Meat is gross. I tried a steak in there. What are we doing here? BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth. 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. The sports betting world never sleeps. So wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick. 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. I'm a Washington football team fan. We're just a team. Are you excited about being the commanders? No. I told you the best name that they could name themselves is the losers because the losers. anything that they do other than lose would Washington be a pleasant surprise. Washington football losers. Washington, just Washington losers. Washington losers. Yeah. I kind of love that. I think they should take a stab at it. How about Washington sewage? Washington sewage 
I think also sewage. that could be like their alternate uniforms. Yeah. It's like grotesque looking like brown, jerseys. Like the, like the old, um, like those Green Bay Packers throwback ones oh, that are brown. God. That would be your jerseys all the time. Watch the football team has a few of those. But it would be there. splotchy. They'd like be splotchy different shades of brown, like almost like a tie-dye brown. The or Washington just take sewage. all the vomit that you had to spew after you got sick there and... and, and just oh put, put and, use that color and palette. bile. How about the Washington bile? BetMGM tonight, seven to eleven Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, we're rolling on here. Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network. Brandon Sprague, alongside my co-host Lucy Burge, the BetQL Network. You can find her on Twitter, at Lucille Burge. Give her a follow for all great things. Betting advice, life advice, fashion advice, relationship Hi, advice. Really got Fieri, yes. She's got it all. Um, we'll dive into the NBA here in a couple minutes. We'll also dive into college basketball. Zach Kroll is our super producer. He's also probably the most informed college basketball person you can listen to. By so, far. Uh, we all, by far. And we love to talk to him about college hoops as it kind of winds down here and gets close to conference tournament play. But, Lucy, I wanted to carry over some NFL stuff. We talked about Brady. We talked about Rodgers. We talked about Kyler Murray. There's some other big names. I, I'm wondering if this is going to be the biggest names uh, offseason-wise for quarterback movement we've ever seen in the NFL. I think what we've seen is quarterbacks realizing kind of what their power and positions are. It's no longer about tagging, franchise tags. To me, it's about players saying, I want out. And there's a lot of names we need to run through here. I want to start with Carson Wentz. It's reported – that Jim Irsay and the Colts are unhappy with Carson Wentz. They want to be done with Carson Wentz after only one season. Of course, they lost to the Jags to end that year. If they win that game, they're in the playoffs. They missed it. Carson was awful. Carson Wentz, um, where is he next year, Lucy? And how do you pivot if you're the Colts, if you're going away from Carson Wentz? My big question with this is the money that they owe him enough to keep him for another year like would it be smart to just to keep him for another year he's got 22 million base salary 15 million fully guaranteed 5 million roster bonus due in mid-march plus another 1.3 million bonus due in week 18 for a total of 28.3 million is that would that be smart just to keep him for another year and then get rid of him next year that would be my big question with that well here's the thing though is that a, is that an important factor and the reason i ask you that question is because I think us in the media, we're very conditioned, and I think really diehard fans, to pay attention to cap number stuff, right? Like, hey, yes. it's going to be X dead cap hit. It's going to be X salary by this date. Have the Rams not just showed us the blueprint to not giving an F about cap money, about dead cap money, about salary structures? They have bent everything in their favor. And for like three, four years now, all I've heard is, you know, they're kicking this can down the road. And then they keep kicking the can down the road. So, like, at what point do we stop caring about that and say, maybe the Rams are setting the blueprint for teams like the Colts to say, we can win now if we get that position figured out. Who cares what we're eating? Who we bring in? Who should we replace him with? Are we overlooking that aspect of the, of the Rams winning the Super Bowl? This is true because I think what you said is a great point about players knowing their worth and not thinking about money so much. Teams are probably doing the same thing where leverage has been in, in these uncertain times. I think COVID has changed a lot of people's mindsets. I know this is bigger picture, but it kind of does play into how players think of themselves, how teams think of themselves and self-worth. 
and who has leverage and who doesn't. So teams and players alike probably think, well, we have leverage. No, we have leverage. And, and they both that they're not money is not the, the center of everything anymore. So that's why that would be a big question here. But I feel like he's going to stay with the Colts. Mm. That would um, it'd be interesting, especially if, if, if the frustration, I think, in Indy is coming from Ursay. That's probably the thing that makes movement happen. We know yeah. Frank Reich really likes Carson going back to his Philadelphia days. But I think they're a sneaky team, too. We talked about the Niners. They have the fifth best odds. The Colts, to me, have a talent-made, ready, winning team right now. And if they can upgrade at that position, again, for you futures betters, that's a ticket. Remember, we've talked to Luke Pergandy about this of PropSwap.com. Uh, he'll join us next week. But like, if you're looking at futures tickets, whether either cash it big for yourself or to maybe sell a ticket on the market because the team you bet on hit, the Colts are one to maybe look into right now and say, hey, if I get a Colts future, this is where I'll be. I'm looking right now, the Colts, I mean, they're at plus 2,400 going into next season, Lucy. If they can get that position figured out, they might be right near the top, and suddenly your futures ticket's going to look a lot more valuable on the open market. The other big quarterback move in the news, and this isn't coming from any concrete evidence, but – Russell Wilson, and he was in the news last year with the teams he wanted to go to. Rumors are flying all week, Lucy, that Philadelphia and Russell Wilson, even though there's been no indication from Seattle to move him or Russ to even ask out, Philadelphia, Russell Wilson, or just Russell Wilson in general on the move. How are you feeling about that? Well, where does Sierra want to be? That would be my question. Does she want to be in Philly or does she want to stay in Seattle? Well, he's so Russell Wilson. I think he's going to stay because he said last week, my hope and goal is to be back and to keep winning here. Mm -hmm. So that kind of seals it for me. If he wants to stay, then maybe money again is not his biggest concern. Well, that if he wants to keep winning, then it's there's when you see someone, a quarterback saying something that's not negative about their team in the off season, when they have a chance to leave, then it's kind of a big sign that maybe they want to stay. Lucy, we we jokingly talked about a previous relationship you had, right? Before the yes. show started today. And we won't dive into those details, but if you were in a relationship with somebody and you said, hey, you want to be with that person next year? Well, my hope is to be. I mean, you're either a yes or a no on that. Are you not? Like, that's where Russ gets really weird with this stuff is he stays just vague enough to make you do like a double take like wait what hope yep, or exactly yes or no i because I if you wanted to be in that relationship wouldn't you just emphatically say yes i see that Seattle forever. doesn't want to move you yes exactly you. it's kind of like when they during deflategate when they asked brady if he's a cheater and he said i don't believe so and everybody jumped on that <laughs> and they said well wouldn't he say absolutely not if he knew for sure and he's not waffling right. on this like the, yes i mean it, you have to if I think it might also be what his agent is telling him to yeah. say, like, don't be emphatic about it. Don't say this because then later on they can throw it in your face. So you never know that side of it. But I think if you're, if you are a player who wants to play with the team going forward forever and keep winning here, like Russell Wilson said he wants to, then wouldn't you emphatically say like, yes, my, you know, not my hope, but, and, and my goal, as he said, my hope and my goal, wouldn't you say like, I will, I am all in on being back and winning here. Yeah, no, Maybe. that's, that's kind of how I felt about it. Now, let me ask you one more, and then we'll go to the NBA. Um, this one was weird. Deshaun Watson came out. Deshaun Watson, two teams he wants to go to if he's traded from Houston. Minnesota or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now obviously in the quarterback market. Uh, you know, Lucy, I'll turn to you here. You are a respected female in our industry. 
how you would feel about Deshaun Watson, given everything that's kind of going on right now, where we know we know some details, but there's still a lot of openness to it. And the two teams that he is potentially eyeing, do you think that they take the bait? Well, uh, yeah, I think it's up to 22 women now uh, accusing him. So I, I think that they would because I don't put it past any team in this league to care about any off-field lawsuits or who people murdered or who people assaulted because they're like, oh, well, if it's a good player. Well, I'm not talking about Aaron Hernandez, but I'm talking because the Patriots did not right. know about that. But whoever assaulted anybody, they're like, well, he'll, he'll be back in you know a month or so. He'll, he'll, he'll face a suspension and he'll be back. So I don't put it past any team to uh to sign him but I, I would not want him on the patriots i would say that but the buccaneers i think they i don't know if they would take this chance honestly because it took a lot of convincing for them to bring in antonio brown and antonio brown is a great player but he mm -hmm. has a lot of off-field issues and they still like arians did not want antonio brown brady did so if there's no one there saying we want deshaun watson then I don't think a team I don't think a team should take a chance on him. Morally yeah. speaking and just logistically <laughs> because what if he's found guilty and has to like right. you've lost your quarterback. So I would not take a chance on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, no, that's the thing though. I will say this. Um it's an ugly story no doubt. I I'm one that pre we pick immediately after Super Bowl we pick next year's Super Bowl game just to have fun with it. I picked Buffalo Minnesota. I got roasted for picking picking Minnesota. But we see teams like Cincinnati jump in this thing and they come out of left field. If exactly. Watson is able to play, and that's a big if, if he is and goes to a team like Minnesota, ooh, that's a team that's going to be pretty good. Um, all right. So there's some quarterback news for you, some future bets to potentially be eyeing on teams that could be looking in the market of quarterback play and changing their starter. Let's go to the NBA. The All-Star game, as we record this, is currently happening. It is LeBron, 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 LeBron in Cleveland right now. And there's a lot of stories out there. LeBron saying that he just wants to play one year with his son, Bronny, if Bronny can make the NBA. Uh, basically, I view this two ways, Lucy. I view this as one, he is he is begging a team to draft his kid because I don't know if his team's going to be that, if his kid's going to be that good. And then two, he's trying to go to, I think, a team that maybe have a better chance of competing than his Los Angeles Lakers, who right now, it's it's not looking good for the Lakers. They are a disaster this year. Anthony Davis just went down with an ankle injury. It looked like he broke his ankle. Russell Westbrook's been an absolute disappointment for them. And the Lakers don't look like a viable contender. What do you make of this LeBron hysteria around the All-Star weekend being in Cleveland? So if his son is in the NBA, his son is absolutely going to be in the NBA because LeBron will make sure of it. He That's wants kind of how I felt about that. Yes. Yeah. No, there is. He is absolutely. His son will play for not only the NBA, but whatever team LeBron is playing for, because LeBron is going to be dead set on playing with his son, because this is something that not many athletes get to do. Something Tom Brady will never get to. Well, I don't know if Brady's actually eyeing that. His son's 14 now, so you never know. But I think LeBron wants to do this because then he can say that forever. He played with his son. He's only 37, so it's possible. His son will make it to the NBA because he wants him to, but he also has another son named Bryce who is 14 and a high school basketball star. So maybe LeBron is, is going to take it a step further and say, I'm going to play with my two sons and make sure they get to the NBA by using this as I'm going to play with them. So let's let's get them in. Let's scoot them in here into the NBA and make sure that they have their spot there while he plays with them. So uh, I, I think cool. that, yeah, he's, it's, I think it's going to happen. And I think LeBron will orchestrate it totally. Not with the Lakers, though. Yeah. How quick do you think LeBron's out of L.A.? Do you buy that he is going to lead the Lakers? 
I have a feeling it will be as quickly as possible. Yes, I do believe really? that. I think he will come back. He does not seem nothing about this has lived up to the promises LeBron wanted with this team. He wanted a championship team. That's not, I don't think that's happening. I think he will go back to Cleveland as soon as he can. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the rumor. Cleveland is this young, you know, up and coming team that really took a step this year. They've got an absolute stud hall of fame type talent in Evan Mobley paired with Jared Allen. Garland's been awesome. Um, they're just, they're kind of a, a pretty complete young team here. And there's a lot of people speculating that maybe LeBron wants to go back for the third time to Cleveland. If they're interested, we'll have to see the NBA is at a mid season point here. Lucy, what, what is your biggest takeaway uh, as the NBA here is at the all-star game as I'm watching LeBron just throw down a dunk. What's your big takeaway from, from the first half of the season as we get ready for the second half? My biggest takeaway is that I'm very angry at the Celtics. They absolutely <laughs> disgraceful loss to the Pistons by one point. The Pist the Detroit Pistons. Are you kidding me? By one point, this was supposed to be their turnaround. It was a nine game winning streak. It could have been 10 double digits and they ruined it. This, this was their turnaround. They were back. They were back with a capital B and now they're just back in the gutters where they're back. This is very disappointing. And I am just hoping that when they face the nets next week that, or throughout the uh, Thursday, I think, that they will start their winning streak again because this is absolutely disgraceful and I'm very, very mad about this. That's my takeaway is the Celtics are not trustworthy right now. Um, as a West Coast sports fan, I take a lot of pride and joy when I watch those East Coast iconic franchises I'm uh, sure. go into the toilet. It's a lot <laughs> of fun. Uh, and I also want Jalen Brown to play with Damian Lillard. So I actually root against your team every single time they take the hardwood. I understand. As I I want Jalen to be in Portland. You know, my biggest takeaway, I'm glad you brought up Boston. They are one of the biggest question marks and I think puzzling teams we've got in the association this year, given I thought Ime Udoka was going to be huge for them as a head coach. Yep. I thought Tatum and Brown would kind of take another step and they've had their ups and downs. I know they hit a little bit of a stride there late, but you lose to the Pistons. It makes me kind of scratch my head. My biggest takeaway, yeah, it's got to make you sick if you're a Celtic fan. The my Pistons. biggest takeaway... I like that that game is still looming as if it was they played were, yesterday. Well, because I picked the Celtics that day, they were 12-point favorites, and they made me look like an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> My biggest takeaway, Lucy, is that I have no idea who's winning the Eastern Conference, and it is mm -hmm. absolutely insane to think about the playoffs that we are going to get. You're going to get, potentially, if they don't lose, because Katie's still going to be up quite some time, and Kyrie can only play so many games. you got the Nets, the Sixers with Harden and Bede now, You've got the defending champ Bucks. You got the Bulls as one of the better stories, and they're going to get Caruso and Lonzo back. Uh, you've got Celtics that are still there. I don't know how much we really trust them, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. I just I think you look through the East, and it's going to be a bloodbath in that first round. It's yeah. I, I don't know who people would pick. I don't know who the favorite would be. It probably end up being like the Bucks and Nets, who I think are the favorites yeah. right now. But you wouldn't want to overlook the Sixers. It's just. How you gauge the Eastern Conference, it's amazing how quick that shot up and it became the best conference in basketball. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm going with the Bucks because I love Giannis and I have trouble rooting against him. He just put up 50 points the other night. I mean, come on. And 21 shots. Yes. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So I, what I feel like I'm going to end up doing is picking out of a hat. If the Bucks fall off, then I'm going to just pick out of a hat and be like, you know what? This is the team I'm rooting for. The East like is just that. so up in the air like that.
Oh, the ace is insane. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to the second half. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, get rid of the slam dunk contest. We don't care. And <laughs> extend and make the three-point contest even better. There's my all-star. The celebrity game. all-star game. And no more Machine Gun Kelly, who is a oh disaster. My God. He was <laughs> awful. I could beat Machine Gun Kelly playing basketball. Anybody Let's get to college hoops. Let's get to college hoops, Lucy. Zach Crow will join us and get us his thoughts on everything going on. The top 16 teams in college hoops. Who should you bet on? We'll talk about that next here. Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. Shelton Messenger here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. Have you ever had the chips in a chip bucket? You know, where they're just like, hey, don't worry. There's 16 people here. Everyone's going to put their hands in this bucket and grab some chips. Now that is pretty nasty. Jenks, you get food from 7-Eleven. How dare you look down your nose at people who eat from the community chip bucket? There's not 16 people sharing a hot dog with me. It's not like I have a bite, then another hand comes in and grabs the wiener, and then another hand comes in and, and, and scuffles up the bun. It's different. It's just me. It's not the chips. I just don't need a cadre of people coming in and putting their fingers all over the food, and then I eat them? Ah, gross. Yeah, you got to build up the immunity. Uh, well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> the Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. Baldy's breakdown here, uh, Jimmy, Baldy, before, before your playoff game. Can you game. imagine how mortified Baldy would be if I was like, hey, Baldy, I just need you to break this down. Like, Jimmy G, uh, take me through um, his his route, his decision-making, his reads, like these women that he finds, like he's going through his progressions, like he went from waitress to uh, to stripper to adult film star. How do you think he would feel in the last progression, like a dump-off, if he went through uh, and Sons started, and like Sons and Four Girl, like Bed MGM Tonight, it hopes, would like really make change sense. of pace, change of pace back, that's me. I'm a change of pace back. You are, you like come a little third down. Yeah, yeah, come in. Get some lineup shotgun. Sometimes you got some packages for Wildcat. Pretty decent in the red zone. Pretty decent in the red zone. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stop because <laughs> now I don't know what I'm commenting on. MGM tonight, seven to eleven Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. 
stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Welcome back to Bet Nation with Sean Marash and Kevin Kenny, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in to Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network. Uh, Lucy Burge, Brandon Sprague. This is not Bet Nation, but it is. <laughs> Back to the futures, and we're back yet again. As uh, we've got a show chat open, and it's like, oh, wrong open. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's, we move on. We roll. On. Hello to Bet Nation. Yes, hello, all Bet Nation hello, individuals friends. out there. Uh, this is Back to the Futures with Brandon Sprague here and Lucy Burge, my co-host. Uh, East Coast West Coast thing we've got going. We've talked NFL offseason quarterback notes. We dove into the NBA as the All Star Game is currently going on. LeBron is obviously aiming to try to get the MVP right now. And, um, yeah, we've kind of touched all things so far. If you're interested in catching anything you've missed, don't worry. we got the podcast out there, Back to the Futures Pod. You can download it and find it wherever you get your podcast. Lucy, I want to get to college hoops because the yes. season is winding down. We're getting closer and closer to conference tournament time, which means we're getting closer and closer to the uh, March Madness tournament that we all love and know so well. Before we dive into college hoops, though, in terms of the top 16 teams that were released, should be noted today, Michigan, Wisconsin were playing, tied at the half. Michigan scores 30 points in the second half, doesn't have a good second half. Wisconsin ends up rolling. Well, Wisconsin calls a timeout late in the second half. The game is well in hand, and they call timeout. Uh, They come back. The action ends a couple minutes later. Juwan Howard, Michigan head coach, not happy with Wisconsin there. In the line, they do the traditional customary handshake, good game, good game. Juwan Howard lets the Wisconsin coach know. Wisconsin coach goes right back at Juwan Howard, probably saying, hey, you know, you had a starter in that game with three minutes to go when you were down 20 points. Don't come at me with this. And then craziness ensues, Lucy. Juwan Howard and the coach for uh, Wisconsin, his name is blanking, but they have to be separated. And before you know it, there's, there's, there's a, there's a Punches. slap, uh, yeah, punch, slap, whatever Slaps you want. Great, thrown. Great, yeah, Greg Gard and Juwan Howard have to be separated. Juwan right, Howard slapping the top of the head of the Wisconsin coach because he's that uh, much yes. smaller than him. This is one for the ages. I mean, this is uh, a brawl that broke out at a game between the coaches, not even the players or anybody and the fans, nothing. Like this, a boat right was just ejected from a UConn game. What is going on here? This is insane. So this, I think this is the Wisconsin coach's uh, side to apologize here. This was on him. He started this. Whoa, but he really? started this in the line when he grabbed at Howard's arm. This is this is okay. this is how it how it started, and that's how it it escalated. And this is I'm I am absolutely a Wisconsin coach should apologize. Okay, Greg Gard should have to apologize according yes. to Lucy Burge. But I would say you don't see a coach 
make contact is uh one person in our, our chat says he, he bitch slapped the assistant bitch coach. Slapped him. Yep. And, you know that doesn't happen very often lucy I, some no. people on twitter are racing to say is this going to get him fired i will tell you right no. now i would be stunned if john howard got fired from his alma mater his recruiting class next year is good he's so far i think most people would say been good at michigan i'd be stunned if that happened but he did say in the post game he is uh, he is more than willing to take responsibility for what happened, wow. and he will raise. be okay with any punishment. But I can't believe you're blaming Wisconsin's coach for this. Oh, for sure. This is he started it by touching him. That's what okay. happened. So that's right. he started it. I, and by the if he, way, if he did not, if he just shook his hand like a gentleman, then none of this would have happened. And Lucy, be how classy, tall are you? Classy. I am five eight and a half. Okay, you're okay. You're five eight. I'm I'm six one. Like, would you ever walk up to somebody that much taller than you, the way this coach did to Juwan Howard, and no. like try that to takes, initiate some? It takes a lot doing? of chutzpah to do that. That is something that maybe I wouldn't do. But I would again just stay classy, and then maybe send out a tweet or something. Be like, hey, did you see this? You yeah. passive aggressive with it. I would not start an all out brawl. I would not. He, which he did. The Wisconsin coach started this brawl, and I think it's on him. And he should apologize, but that's what he will henceforth be known as the Wisconsin coach, because I see it on Twitter. That's how he's referred to. Nobody knows his name. And that's, they don't now because he started this brawl. This is his fault. Yeah. I mean, you might be right, but I think ultimately like if the Wisconsin coach, Greg Gard, if he, if he just listens to Howard and moves on and allows everybody to kind of calm down in the back after the game goes up to Juwan and says, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong, but you know, good game. Maybe this thing doesn't happen. So maybe to that extent, you're right. But you say nobody knows his name. Uh, Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Because Wisconsin, not just because of today, Lucy, Wisconsin in the committee's pre-look ahead to their NCAA tournament selection, they give out their top 16 teams. And I'm going to run down this real quick. In the West, you've got one. This is in order one through four. Gonzaga, Duke, Illinois, Texas. In the East, you've got Kansas, Kentucky, Villanova, and Wisconsin. You've got in the Midwest, Auburn, Purdue, Tech, and UCLA. And in the South, Zona, Baylor, Tennessee, and Providence. So maybe they should know Greg Gard's name because he's got, according to the committee, one of the best 16 teams in college basketball, which, Lucy, that brings us to bring on our trusty sidekick, Mr. College Basketball himself, the guy who famously scored 65 points in a pickup game at the Y against oh, nine-year-olds, Zach Kroll. <laughs> Zach Kroll, how you doing? Sprig, Lucy, happy to be here with you guys. Always love uh, coming on the show, talking college basketball. And uh, another crazy week in the books as we're about three uh, weeks away from Selection Sunday. It's wild. This is a big weekend for Zach because as it is President's Day weekend, presidents are his thing. If you name a president or something, he can tell you what number president he was. So happy President's Day weekend to you, Zach. (laughs) Thank you. Lucy. appreciate it. <laughs> this is a big day for Zach. He loves to randomly text people. Did you know the 19th president of the United States was? Um, 19. Geez. Uh, uh, James. Uh, geez. I- I'm actually blanking on that. Millard Fillmore. I got him. No, yeah. I think you got me. I got him. That is what? my worst, ladies what and gentlemen. What a day. Right. And it would actually be. <laughs> it would be uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Took, took, took a minute, but yeah. Old RBH. <laughs> yes, that's what happens. I love live radio. The oh. background one, so it's fine. Um, Zach, I want to dive into these 16 teams real quick. Are you with Lucy or are you against Lucy? Is this Greg Gard's fault or is this John Howard's fault? 
So I think a lot of it has to do with a Wisconsin assistant, and uh, I, ca- I can get you his name. I'll pull that up in a second. But I, I do think that Jawan Howard, that's kind of a like the classic move by the college basketball coach. It's called the blow-by, where after the game, like pregame, like that's another debate in itself. Should pre should the postgame uh, handshake line even be a thing when emotions are at their high, when sometimes something like that is pretty likely uh, to happen? But I do think that Greg Gard, like he should have never uh, put his hands on him to begin with. But that Wisconsin assistant coach, he started getting into it uh, with a couple of the Michigan players. And I think that's why Howard hit him. He Howard didn't hit guard. He, he hit the Joe. Yeah. Joe Krabinoff. He, he hit him uh, because he was getting into it with a couple of Michigan players who also uh, might get suspended as well. But the bottom line is uh, when you're a, a head basketball coach, like you just can't be doing something like that. And I think uh, both guys are going to be suspended and just a crazy scene. Yeah, I think they want to set a precedent. They want to suspend them so that no other head coach does this or anybody does this again, because you're right. As a head coach, you should not do that. You have to keep it classy and set a precedent for your players, because if the coach does that, who's to say the players are like, well, we could do that now. Could just slap people, bitch slap other players now. Well, of course, I mean, everyone's an adult, but I just think every time I see stuff like this, I think back to preschool when they say no hitting, we don't hit each other. And then he just slaps the guy across the face. Uh, we're all children at the end of the day, aren't we? Never grow True. up. Um, Zach, the 16 teams, one through four in the, the East, the West, the Midwest, and the South region came out. Um, you've got a great stat about this when it's released and what the history kind of suggests to us. So I want you to read that stat, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to ask you a question about these top four teams of all of these brackets. So go ahead. What is the stat that you had on this? Yeah, so they've been doing now this selection show in February for uh, each of the last uh, five years. This is the sixth year they've done it. Now, we remember the 2020 NCAA tournament. That never happened due to the COVID uh, pandemic. So there have been four NCAA tournaments played after this show has happened. And in three of those four years, the team that ended up winning the tournament was a number one seed uh, during this bracket reveal. North Carolina won it all in 2017, and I believe they were two seed uh, at the bracket reveal in February. And then uh, the final year, you have Virginia, or excuse me, you have Villanova as a one seed winning it all, Virginia. And then last year, Baylor was a one seed. So the one seeds have had success. Okay, now what one seed would you bet on? If you could, if you could lay your money on it, which one of the four? Zaga, Kansas, Auburn, or Arizona? I think the value is with Arizona. And I do think that Gonzaga is very capable. Um, the question with them is obviously like playing in the WCC. They are never really challenged in that league, but they do have a top three NBA draft pick on their team in Chet Holmgren, who could just be a difference maker. And I do think Gonzaga, like it's a myth that they're not a good postseason team. They've played uh, in the last seven uh, sweet 16s. They've made two of the last four final fours in national championship games. They just haven't really been able to close it out with that one uh, big national championship yet. But with Arizona, like the atmosphere at the McHale Center was unreal uh, last night. Such a loyal fan base. And they have a couple NBA players on their team with Matherin, who's going to be a lottery pick, Daylon Terry. Uh, they just play so together and so well. The chemistry is there. And for a first-year head coach in Tommy Lloyd, he's done a great job. I would put money on Gonzaga as well. But if I was to pick a team, what do you think of Kentucky? 
Kentucky is interesting because they split their two games this past week. They got blown out by Tennessee, but in that Tennessee game, their top guard freshman, Ty Ty Washington, he went down and he's had a nagging uh, injury, a leg injury that's been bothering him for the last couple of weeks. And a common theme has been Kentucky has not been able to win the games where he's gotten hurt. But then yesterday against Alabama, he doesn't play. Severe Wheeler, their point guard, doesn't play. Alabama is looking like the Warriors in the first half. They can't miss a shot. They were up, I believe, as much as 13 in Kentucky. And then Kentucky finds a way to win, really their first big win, without Ty Ty Washington. They have a National Player of the Year candidate, Oscar Sheboy, as well. I love how John Calipari has really adapted within the modern times. He's not really playing freshman, which he's known for. Like Kentucky's best five players yesterday were all age 20 or older. That tells me a lot of how good of a coach he is. Okay. I also sneaky, sneaky like Providence. It's Ooh. a fun team. The Friars. Against Villanova Friars. Was I can I can root for the Friars. Okay, so there's the 16 teams. We've got three weeks before we're to selection Sunday. Good stuff from Zach Kroll here. Give him a follow on Twitter at Zach Kroll, K-R-U-L-L. We're gonna kick off next week with more college basketball stuff. I'll have some more NFL news and notes and some NBA stuff as well. For Lucy Burge, I'm Brandon Sprague. We'll catch you next week on Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network. Talk to you next week. What's up, everybody? Nick Costos here from You Better You Bet, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip. BetQL Daily, You Better You Bet, and BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network.